0: Well, I don't know if you've seen this thing called coronavirus, but there's another phenomenon. Coronavirus plus shopping could be a problem. We'll talk about that today with thought leader Liz Weston from NerdWallet on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to Money with Friends, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. Hi, I'm Liz Weston from NerdWallet. And from? Los Angeles. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I am forgetting to add that. (laughs) You know, I feel like I get my vitamin D just talking to you, Liz, so you got to (sighs) keep bringing that this time of year in Detroit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Does it make you feel better to know that it's raining here? It, it Well, yes, p- partly. Um, <laughs> it, and, and there's no snow here. So yep. this is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're covering one from CNBC Select. Uh, Not only do we read them like some podcasts, but we also dive into how they affect your wallet and what you can do to invest, save and pay down debt more effectively, or in today's case, not get into debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with your money. Today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated every day. Only Tiller Money automatically updates spreadsheets with your daily spending, account balances and transactions so you can track everything in one place with the greatest control. You can try it for free at tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And as long as you use that slash MWF, if you decide you like it at the end of your trial, you can then sign up and get 20% off your uh, your, um, subscription. Can't remember the word subscription today. That's uh, tillerhq.com forward slash mwf. We can tell we do this live, and we also do it today with Liz Weston from NerdWallet. Glad you're back, Liz. Oh, it's great to be here, Joe. Thanks for the invite. Well, and it's funny. Not only have you written a bunch of books on this topic, um, you also are somebody that's written a little bit lately about credit because it seems like people getting in getting in a little trouble with uh, credit cards recently.
1: Yeah, you know, we've watched the credit card debt tick up as it does when the economy is booming and there's always the chance that somebody's in over their head. And if there is a recession coming, it's really a bad time to have that kind of debt. It's a bad time to have that debt in any case, but certainly when, you know, economic times might get a little tougher.
0: Yeah. Liz and I'll dive into that in just a second. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Gertrude. Room mom over at the Stacking Benjamins Facebook basement group. I just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tuned into Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece uh, that Liz uh, brought to us comes to us from CNBC Select, and it's written by Elizabeth uh, Gravier. The piece is titled, How to Avoid Stress Shopping with Your Credit Card During the Coronavirus Outbreak. Liz, you want to do the honors? Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Uh, Elizabeth writes, it's impossible to escape the headlines about coronavirus spreading across the United States and around the world, and it's a natural reaction to want to prepare as best you can, whether that's frequently washing your hands or stocking up on supplies. While the U.S. Department of Homeland Security recommends that Americans store a two-week supply of water and food, as well as stock up on medicines and health supplies, there has been a run on certain products, with toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and masks selling out at stores across the U.S., Many consumers are rushing to prepare just in case, or I should say, many consumers are rushing to (laughs) over-prepare just in case, but be careful how much your anxiety is causing you to charge. Quote, during times of uncertainty, it's normal for people to want to stockpile essentials, especially if their day-to-day life will be impacted. Bolas Kakanbi, a certified financial education instructor and author of Clever Girl Finance, tells CNB Select. However, it's important to be mindful of your spending.
0: They go over here, uh, Liz, four items. And I thought rather than us read through these with people, you and I'll just take these. Uh, So number one thing that they have, well, and even before we get to these, just this idea of stockpiling essentials. I, I remember when I lived in Texas, the area of Texas where I lived, it would snow two days a year and you would go to Walmart or as they called it in Texarkana, the Walmart, You'd go you go to Walmart and the the shelves, bread, eggs, water, gone. Like yeah. everything. Like we were gonna have this big problem. But really, between the two, two days of snow versus coronavirus, this this is a bigger deal, I would think. So you can see why people would want to stock up so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you where I'm coming from. I grew up in Washington State, lived in Alaska, I'm now in California earthquakes are a part of life and other natural disasters. So I've always had this idea that we should have, you know, a substantial store of food on hand. The problem is that, you know, you need to go through it. Otherwise it's just going stale on your shelves. So I do think preparation is super important. And, you know, that <laughs> I've had a couple people say, why in the world are we stockpiling water? You know, are they going to turn off the tap no, they're not. But you should have the water anyway, you know, because other things can go wrong. So if this is what causes you to finally get prepared, wouldn't you be ignoring it at this point? Because disasters can happen everywhere. There's no place that's immune from them. So if this is what gets you prepared, okay, I'm fine with that. I just don't want to see people doing that panic shopping and winding up with a bunch of stuff they don't need and having their closets full of food that's going to go bad and-, and rack up debt.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And and because you don't have the money to afford it at a 25% interest rate. Yeah. Exactly. That's not a good idea. Let's go through this. Uh, number one, take inventory of what you you already have. Um it's it's funny. We do this even in times that aren't like like today. Every once in a while, we will just decide we're not going grocery shopping this week. We're just going to eat whatever's left and we end up having some incredibly creative meals. But it also it also helps our budget. I mean, this is a good idea at any point, Liz.
1: Yeah, exactly. Having a store of food can help you through unemployment. You know, you lose your job for a while, you get sick and can't get to the grocery store. If you have a good array of the foods that you need supplied. This is all good. You can save money if you need to, you know, cut back. If you do a no spend month like we do occasionally, where you're not going to spend, you can live out of the, the pantry. I would take it a step back. To me, the right way to prepare is to look at how your family actually eats. I'm not a huge fan of going to August and Farms or the other places that have a bunch of freeze dried food. If you don't know how to prepare that stuff and if your, your family won't eat it. So I think the better way to start is look at actually how you eat. Plan out, say, two weeks of meals and plan out every meal. So that's breakfast, lunch and dinner, snacks, beverages, comfort food, desserts. Write it all down. And then break it down by what ingredients do you need to make those meals and how much. I was astonished at how much spaghetti we eat. <laughs> it's just <laughs> phenomenal. You know, and I had all this rice stored. We very rarely eat rice. We eat a lot of pasta. Yeah. So just doing that. And the key to this is, this is food your family will eat so that you can cycle through these stores. You're not just putting money or money on a shelf. I was going to say, that's exactly yeah. what you're doing. If yeah. you're buying food you're not using... You are wasting it. So make sure it's food your family will eat. And that's the basis of your stock up plan.
0: I love that assessment ahead of time. And we started doing meal prep, which frankly, I didn't look at my meals on a weekly basis and what we we're going to eat and plan them ahead of time until. I went from being a financial planner actually into financial writing and being in that community and I saw how effective it was for other people and it's and, and by the way it's really fun to plan that it's going to be taco Tuesday or it's going to be spaghetti night Friday like it, it makes eating at home a lot more fun than just what's in the refrigerator. But But to your point, my parents also never did that, and they had a salesman come to their house one time with with these stock your freezer, you know, and we had we had a, a big deep freeze in our uh, garage. and they made this whole plan based on what they thought they ate. The last two months of that damn thing, Liz, all we had were hot dogs. We had hot dogs and everything. <laughs> We had hot dogs <laughs> cut up in macaroni and cheese. We had hot dog night. We had hot dogs in chili. We had, because we had so many hot dogs, it wasn't funny. <laughs> and that explains a lot, Joe. Yeah, you know,
1: that's what you're eating for days and days and months and months. Oh, man.
0: That's <laughs> right. Good. I am, I am not an underweight guy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's lucky that I'm not. You know, just just incredibly huge because of the well. Fact no, that and that you're was... so well preserved
1: that's because right. of all the preservatives.
0: <laughs> and and God knows what I'm made up of. Nobody knows <laughs> what's inside of me now. Uh, number two on here is make a list. Go into that one if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, that when I was talking about figuring out the ingredients for making those two weeks of meals, that's the the start of your list. And once you've got that. And we, I forgot to follow through, of, You know, looking through those ingredients, seeing what you already have on hand, and then you go shopping and fill it out. So that's what the list is for. is you Once you've made that inventory, once you've seen what you actually eat, then you take a look at what you can do to, to fill that in. And again, if something actually goes wrong, you're not going to have energy to make a lot of elaborate meals. So if you do tend to be a foodie and tend to spend a lot of time in the kitchen, think about simplifying those recipes so that you can get the food out, get the people fed without a lot of effort. That's the, the, once you have that list, that's what you're taking to the grocery store.
0: We do the show hanging out with people on Facebook, by the way, if you, or on YouTube today, we're on Facebook. If you want to join us on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. It's the stacking Benjamins uh, Facebook page on YouTube. You just go to YouTube money with friends, put that in the search and, uh, hit subscribe. And you can see when we go live there. But, uh, But Kelly is hanging out with us today and says, our shelves could be filled, but my husband thinks we're starving if we're out of frozen pizza.
1: Are we married to the same guy? Because I'm constantly hearing, we don't have any food in the house. It's like the house is filled with food, but it does require
0: a little preparation. Well, so <laughs> That's crazy talk. Uh, Kevin <laughs> says, for those who can, what are your opinions on growing your own food? You know, we had a guy in Stacky Benjamins, Kevin, last, uh, just before uh, Labor Day, talking about cheaper food. Frank Chalenza from Struggle Meals. I love the fact, Liz, that he grows his own herbs, and and just even that little piece, having a little tiny herb garden can make your food taste so much better and it's so much cheaper while it's flavorful.
1: Yeah. And I would say like a, a little herb garden in your kitchen windowsill or whatever the, the south facing window is, is an awesome idea. Don't believe. Don't be under the impression, though, that going on full-scale gardening is not an expensive proposition. I know so many people that got into it, and they are astonished at their fifty-dollar <laughs> tomato because that's you know there's a there's a curve and just just to put this in context, I grew up on a farm. We had an enormous garden. We canned. We froze. We did all that. It's a hell of a lot of work. So if you're into that, that's great. I am down to like two tomato plants and some lettuce and my herbs. That's that's all I need. But, you know, we're here in Southern California where I can walk out in the back and, yeah. you know, reach over the fence and grab a orange from my neighbor's tree. So <laughs> it's, it, there's a certain level of comfort that there's food around. I, I, I love gardening. I think it's great, but don't think that you're going to get into it. At least at first and save a ton of money.
0: When do you do that? The neighbor's tree, 2 a.m., 3 a.m.
1: <laughs> Actually, she's cool about it. Her tree <laughs> goes over four properties, her own and three others. And we're all like out there going, right? thank that's, you.
0: That's fantastic. That's a great neighbor. I want to ask about the at the, at, at the end of this this uh, section, uh, the person they're talking to, Bola she she goes through some some reward cards, right? And we're sitting here talking about stress shopping and, you know, my brain immediately says, is, is, is now the time to be looking at, at reward cards if you're worried about stress shopping?
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, I love chasing rewards. We've had some amazing experiences because of travel rewards. So I'm all in on that. There's something, mean, the things you need to know is you can't carry a balance because those interest rates are high and there is a learning curve. And not everybody wants to get up to speed about which categories offer you more points and, you know, know which card to pull out at the register. So it's, again, it's not for everybody. If you just want a very simple and, you know, rewarding travel rewards card or credit card, uh, a cash back card is probably the best way to go. Most people are better off with that cash back than they are trying to do the whole rewards thing. If you do have, credit card debt, you should be looking at low rate cards, those 0% balance transfer offers as as a way to put more money towards your balance and get it down. I don't want to see anybody carrying a balance and I don't want to see anybody chasing rewards because if they have a balance, because the value of those rewards is a fraction of what you're paying in interest.
0: I feel like, you know, Dave Ramsey, Liz has his baby steps and, and, and obviously he's all cash all the time. Don't use credit cards, but I feel like there are baby steps. There's learn, learn cash, learn to live an all cash lifestyle, get good at it, get to the point that you know your budget well, and then Give yourself some baby steps on the reward cards like you see people that don't have a budget goal in on reward cards the next thing you know they're out a ton of money,
1: yeah, exactly and you know you have there's a spend that you have to do to get those big sign up bonuses. A lot of the value in the rewards cards now are in that sign up bonus, so you have to typically spend say three thousand dollars in the first three months or something like that, and you know i I would not want to see somebody charging things that they don't need to buy anyway just to get to that spend. so you kind of have to know yourself you need to know your spending patterns and most importantly you can't carry debt there's no reason to carry credit card debt if you know if you have any choice about it so you got to just be super careful that said there are a huge chunk of people that do not carry credit card debt that have credit cards it's a misnomer that all of us who have cards have debt it just it isn't true
0: yeah and it's and 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 it can be exciting. I mean, when you, uh, uh, Cheryl and I like to fly, we do the, we do the, but I totally agree with you. The, the, the cashback rewards game is better for most people. We fly a lot. So we have airline point cards and we've used those enough that now we, you know, ours come with the pass to the executive lounge and, and, um, makes it really makes travel so much more easy and fun. And, and we're always in the first groups to get on the plane and, all these by the way on that point and not to belabor this but 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 for, for anybody that owns a business I was thinking yesterday I was on a plane coming back from Orlando and handing lots of money to a mouse I um, the way that these these travel companies make it exclusive that you're going to be in a lane on the left side versus the right side getting on the plane I'm I'm like how to manufacture um, uh, uh Priority and privilege, you know, you know, just go, hey, because you're cool, we're going to let you get on the plane on the left hand line, <laughs> not with those losers who use the right hand line. I'm like, there's, there's no difference. I'm getting on the same damn plane. Who cares if I'm in the left lane versus the right? I mean, it's brilliant. I thought about (laughs) some marketer just made something up and people are, you know, think it's it's cool. Uh, Annette, by the way, uh, uh, agrees exactly with what you said earlier, though, Liz, which is I don't spend enough to play the travel rewards game. I'm happy with my two percent cash back. I've been told by a lot of people two percent cash back is is for ninety nine percent of people is the game.
1: Yeah, we actually looked at it at NerdWallet a few years ago, and you need to spend about $8,000 a year on travel for most travel cards to make sense. There's some caveats to that. I I would have hotel cards uh, just for the free night because that offsets the annual fee, Mm -hmm. and the the elite status is really wonderful. But again, you have to travel a fair amount for that even to matter to you. Did you you see the movie Up in the Air? Yes. Yes, we're two people who get turned on by elite (laughs) status. (laughs) I get that. I totally get that. That's not everybody, you know, and that's not most people, frankly. So, much better off with a cashback card and leave the travel nonsense to those of us who
0: can geek out on it. That movie was such a kick in the gut. I I did not see that twist coming toward the end of that <laughs> uh, end of that movie. It was sad. Number 3. Yes. Uh, be sure to pay off your balance in full at the end of the billing cycle. I think we talked about that already enough that that's pretty dangerous. Uh, f- a f- fourth year is the bottom line, and Liz and I are going to have our bottom line here in just a second. But while Liz is coming up with the most brilliant thing ever we've talked about in this show, I'm going to talk a little bit about our sponsor, Tiller Money, because Tiller Money is what I use to uh, manage my budget to look and make sure that I'm paying... Uh, I'm paying all of my credit cards in full at the end of every month and making sure that I understand where my money's going. And there's two sides to this equation, guys. There's number one, watching your money as it goes out, but then number two, creating a budget. And they're not the same thing. A lot of people confuse watching it afterwards with budget, but watching it helps you with the budget. What's cool about Tiller money is that because it's based on a spreadsheet, you can set that spreadsheet up to show whatever you want. For me, I like it very simple. For other people, they like a ton of data. They like having lots and lots and lots of spreadsheet items. So no matter who you are, I like Tiller because it's flexible, but check it out for yourself. TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF for money with friends. That's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And if you like it, you'll get to play with it for a while. And if you like it, then you'll get 20% off your annual subscription if you use our link. So thanks to everybody who's used our link, because that tells Tiller that they, um, uh, that sponsoring us was a great idea. So thanks to everybody. Everybody wins, Liz, by the way, what, what, what tracking do you use for your money? Do you use an app?
1: Uh, We have one at nerd wallet actually.
0: Yes. help you track your money as well as give you a free credit score. There's so many cool things out there. Like find the one that fits you, right? Mm -hmm. Just find the thing. And for me, I couldn't find the thing. So I finally went, okay, I'm going to use, and I usually hate spreadsheets.
1: (laughs) You're a spreadsheet guy. I
0: never would have thought that. No, I said, no, I'm not a spreadsheet guy. Oh, you're not. No, (laughs) no, no, no. I am not a spreadsheet guy. Yes. I know. I come up. You would think I was totally not. (laughs) Totally. not. All right, Liz, what's our big takeaway here? Stock up sensibly. You want to
1: keep in mind that you want to stock up on the stuff you eat. And the phrase to remember is store what you eat, eat what you store. So you're not just spending money that's going to expire on the shelf. It is a good idea to be prepared. Just don't go into debt. Don't do it in a panic. Do it sensibly.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I I think Liz, you nailed it. Uh, I'm going to go back to Stephen Covey, guys, begin with the end in mind, right? I mean, if the end in mind is to not go over your budget um, and to have enough around, then there clearly is a middle ground. If you ever feel stress and your version of therapy involves retail, this this phrase, retail therapy, just drives me crazy because it's not therapy at all. It makes it worse. So no, f- it's, it's like uh, going to the bar and having a shot. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Seems good at the time, mm-hmm. but nothing good ever comes out of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell everybody where they can find you, Liz Weston.
1: Yeah, um, I write for NerdWallet. I'm a personal finance columnist for the NerdWallet personal finance site. And my columns are carried by the Associated Press. So they're probably at a site near you. Also have a Q&A that's at uh, the LA Times and a few other papers. So
0: <clears throat> not, I'm not that hard to find. I was going to say, I see Liz all the time and it's always fun reading what Liz has to say. Uh, Liz will be back in a month. Bobby and I are back tomorrow. We'll see you guys. On behalf of Liz, I'm Joe. We'll see you again next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye.